0: Comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's V the Grill Economist, and it is time for the great game with our buddy, Matthew Errett. He is joining us live here Folks, you can find Matthew's work over at the CanadianPatriot.org, CanadianPatriot.org, as well as the RisingTideFoundation.net. Get his books, the Untold History Series, amazing, amazing literature that gives you the play-by-play, that gives you the absolute infrastructure, the scaffolding on which the current world order is built for you to understand it. You need to know where we've been, where we are, and where we're going to go. Matthew gives the tools and the education, the perspectives, and the context, so you know what is up. You can also go to his substack, uh, substack substack.com forward slash Matthew Errett. The links will be in the description box, and support him there. His work is incredibly vital, especially in this darkened generation as we hurdle. To destiny, will it be chaos? Will it be enlightenment? It's up for us to decide. And uh, before we begin, I have this video, Matt. That's gonna kind yeah, of blow yeah. you away. See, just play the video and blow it up, man. Blow it Massive up. Massive
1: biostructures found in oh my god! All Get right, ready? Yeah, don't lose your lunch
0: uh. or your coffee.
2: The evidence of vaccine death and injuries is overwhelming to anyone capable of seeing past the mainstream media's hypnotic lies. The numbers tell us that the vaccines have already caused a 20% increase in deaths.
0: Now we have a a run rate of about 20% excess mortality. That's confirmed by... Uh, the CDC numbers, the funeral home numbers, and the insurance company numbers. And then somebody did an independent
2: study I saw recently suggesting 20% is the number. So we're running at 20% excess deaths. And a 10% increase in disabilities. This is a stunning number. You're telling yeah. me that things have been flat for five years at 29 million and all of a sudden out of the data, they got 3 million people are disabled out of nowhere? Correct. And now we are beginning to understand that this is just the beginning. Things are going to get much, much worse. Many of us have already seen the mysterious objects found in the vials of COVID vaccines by two separate independent groups using electron microscopy. We are also familiar with the rising number of strokes, heart attacks, and other side effects experienced worldwide after the biggest experimental vaccination in history. And now we are getting a first glimpse of what is causing all this. Something in the COVID vaccines seems to be growing within the recipient's vascular system. Anomalous objects are being discovered in the dead bodies of the vaccinated by embalmers and coroners. Horrific things being grown inside the veins and arteries. These are not blood clots, and they appear to be some sort of organic material with small crystals and extremely thin wires made up of what looks like reptilian scales. This internal blockage growing within the vaccinated would certainly explain all of the deadly side effects we are seeing today. What the mainstream media is currently spinning as sudden adult death syndrome. We do not know what these things are, but they are being found by embalmers and coroners everywhere, except Pretty much all of them are too afraid to speak out, or they don't care. Only one has shown the courage to speak out so far. And this is the real tragedy. For those who remain silent, things will not get better. The FDA is poised to authorize these deadly vaccines to children as young as six months old, and humanity does nothing.
1: Today, we want to provide an update on a topic that I know many parents and grandparents are focused on. The potential for the first COVID-19 vaccines for kids under five. We have waited a long time for this moment. Well guys, uh, here's some good news. The Biden administration has finally announced a vaccine rollout plan for children
2: under five and they've ordered 10 million doses. That's great. (laughs) Right now, kids are like, oh my gosh, we can finally
1: meet up for drinks. Yep, as we speak, everyone in the lollipop industry is like, we're
2: buying a yacht, here we go, you get a lollipop, you get one. It's very exciting to hear a four-year-old scream, Facebook told me Bill Gates controls the vaccines. You go, okay, shoot, shoot. Why should we deserve anything other than pain and suffering if we do nothing to protect our own children? Once those afraid of speaking out begin seeing their coroner tables filled with dead children, it will be too late. But it's not too late now. If you are an embalmer, a coroner, or a funeral director, and you are seeing these things, there is still time to save the lives of our innocent children. You can start now by contacting Dr. Jane Ruby at protonmail.com. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Sudden adult death syndrome.
0: What's your, Matt, you look absolutely shocked.
1: I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that, I, yeah, it's just so disappointing. It's, 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 sh- I didn't hear about this, the, the growth of this, this bio. I've been hearing of-
0: rumors of this for like months now, right? Yeah, because I, I have a friend. I have I've friend. seen pictures of the clots coming out. I was like, holy shit, is that a
1: clot or a squid? And yeah, like, now I, I we're I seeing these biostructures. Who, go ahead, buddy. Who has, who has been forced to receive a blood drain, like actual bloodletting every week? He has to give up uh two pints of blood. Um, he has to go to the hospital since he got his second jab And uh holy um, shit, you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, and I, I know two people. That's a friend, and I know um the the sister of, of a friend of mine who works down the street. Um also has the same situation. She has to go to the hospital to get blood drained because they're telling her that she, her body just mysteriously began producing too many platelets, and so it clots, and so they have to just drain it and dilute it with some medication. Um, And, um, of course, no no relationship to the jabs whatsoever. No, I no, it's just, you know, always. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, soccer players
0: dropping dead, and now over 800 of them. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just coincidence, bro.
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, and you know, we all, I think at this point, we all know at least several people in a personal immediate first tier group of contacts who have suffered some forms of averse effects, fainting at the very least, or people who have just not woken up, uh, cardiac facial paralysis, other things. Bruce Willis is out of the, you know, his career's over as well. I, I, that back, back in end of April, um, he lost the ability to use speech, <laughs> Bruce Willis, right. Um, but that's like mild compared to like what a lot of people have faced, and so the idea that there's actual growth of these strange reptilian tissues inside of people—that—that that, I need to see more information. Uh, that that actually no,
0: they said a reptilian-like in terms of its uh, the scaling of the wires. Scales, and stuff. Just yeah. uh, just a yeah, just a a metaphor. Yeah, I'm gonna reserve judgment looks. on
1: specifically that until I actually see some more uh, data. I'm, nothing would surprise me at this point, obviously, uh, yeah. or any of us. Um, right. but yeah, you're, and you're getting like warning signs in, uh, in, you know, subway carts warning you that, uh, there's this, this thing called sudden adult death syndrome. And, and in fact, you know, heart disease under 30 have been around for a long time. We just didn't notice. We so just we we never don't noticed. So, suddenly we just
0: noticed this is how dumb they think we are, man. You know, well, this is how dumb they think we
1: are. Yeah. It's, um. It's definitely we're we're we're, I mean too many people I think tend to adapt to it, but I think that there's still a a red line around which even normies like even your your radical normie has a certain threshold to how much they can have this pushed on them. And now that they're they're going for kids down to six months old, I mean they've already been been getting uh you know babies who have been inside their moms uh. You know bellies for the pat for nine months. They've they've already been receiving exper- experimental jabs, but now that they're so openly going for it, what is it? Ten million jabs, first tranche of, of of vaccines for kids six months to to five years. Uh, oh, yeah. they got this, I mean, this is something being pushed all over Europe, and um, yeah, no, it's really. A, I think a moral test: Are we fit to survive at this point? If we tolerate, like that's the what the narrator made as a yeah. solid point. If we tolerate this, um, well, we deserve what's coming. Unfortunately, yeah, like we lose the mandate of heaven as the Confucians would say or you know our, our ability to have any claim to natural law. Um, nature nature one of the fundamental qualities of, of life as it occurs in nature is to not pursue its own annihilation right That's like wired into life.
0: Matt so, I was I was driving in my car this morning coming back from the gym and I was thinking to myself, what the hell has completely possessed Western culture that it is? completely opposite of life it's so nihilistic it's weird man like this is like we're detonating ourselves it's crazy i can't figure it out and it's the west at this point it's it's, it's, it's exclusively the west
1: yeah it's become really uh it's it's reached caricature like levels you know like now that the oligarchy is increasingly showing its hand and they're doubling down on everything um, you get the system itself just melting under its own self-contradictions. And I wanted to actually read something. Um, you know, Harley Schlanger is often on your show. He uh, works with a, a news agency called EIR, Executive Intelligence Review. And they, yeah. uh, a, a friend of mine had sent me um, a quote because it was founded by the late economist Lyndon LaRouche. And, uh, and everyone knows I, I really... Like Larouche a lot, and, and somebody sent me this quote from 1996 by Larouche. I think really um, astutely diagnosing our current situation in a in a very strong way, from the top, the corruption at the top, the self contradictions of the of the imperial system, as well as from the bottom, since both top down, bottom up, corruptions are coexisting, and um, there's a certain empowering way that he he ends it, and I I wanted to just read this it's so good it's so good um and it touches on what we're talking about pretty well but that only works of course if i can actually share share my screen share screen share which i can't do so i'm just gonna read it all right so this is uh, a larouche he just died in 2019 if people haven't like read his his books or papers just google it find find whatever papers you can A brilliant mind. mind. Yeah. Now, he describes here the collapse of the imperial systems in a scientific way. He says that the way that the British Empire functions is like the Persian host. Inside the Persian host, you had an inner core of fighters who were called the immortals. These were the sons and daughters of leading Persian families, generally oligarchical families whose sons and daughters would take up a military profession as Achaemenid Fighters Corps. I don't now personally just mean, I don't think that the daughters necessarily were playing that role. I'm not too sure. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, but the Persian Empire had a a limited number of so-called immortals with their basket work shields. That that means that these are the the upper elites who, though nominally controlling armies, would not themselves ever fight, hence basketwork shields, right? They would always be very far from the actual battles that they were instigating. Most of the Persian Empire was composed of a host of auxiliaries, like Napoleon's hordes marching into Russia in 1812, an army of not French, but mercenaries, auxiliaries. See, when Napoleon one of the causes of his downfall, and there were many, but one of the big ones is he did rely on mercenary forces. He didn't like 80% or, or even more of the, the, the French forces that went to attack Tsar Alexander the first in Russia and got wiped out. Or that was even before that, before Alexander the first, um, no, that was Alexander the first. Sorry. They were, they were primarily French, uh, Prussian, oh, sorry, uh, Prussian, German, Swedish, but not a lot of French. So they were using mercenaries, auxiliaries, right? The power of the British at the core, they are very powerful at the core, very tough at the core. Of course, you've got a a few ha-haws and goof-goofs and so forth around there, but you've got a few inner core that really know what's going on. They are dangerous. But like the Persian Empire, the British Empire is a Babylonian host ruled by the Whore of Babylon reincarnated in the form of the mad cow who sits on the throne over there so therefore when you get into a period where all of these auxiliaries admirers in the financial community and you ought to see these goofballs that run trust funds in new york city these days they're absolute goofballs read the new york the wall street journal there is not a brain in the joint they're all babbling idiots
0: 100 <laughs> correct these are th- they're just theoreticians who've i have lack i've said it so many times mad and i have no the better way of saying it these are people who circle jerk themselves in their own echo chambers who forecast into
1: a vacuum that's that's the That's all it is it's all it is is. nothing there's nothing of substance there nothing which is why it's hard for some people to believe that the city of london financiers or the wall street financiers could possibly run the world it's because they don't really run the world they're 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 useful idiots but they don't know what the hell is ultimately running the world that they are a part of, even if they're upper, upper tier in terms of the financial side of things. He says here, but the British depend upon their auxiliaries. This gets at the weak the weakness of it. Their auxiliaries in every country. And here he's talking about the international fifth columns, the deep States in every country who are not allied to that, to the target countries. Right. Um, this is what Putin was talking about when he described the fifth columnists who, uh, would sell Ma- their grandmothers to have the right to sit in the hallway of their uh, upper, upper cast in Miami. In,
0: in, in Miami, right. Yeah, we Miami, can't call him Vladimir Putin. He has a new name now. What is it? It's uh,
1: Vladov Putler.
0: Vladov Putler. That's oh. Because that's what the West <laughs> yeah, wants you to that's, think. That's
1: the, re, the rebranding.
0: Yeah, hey, <laughs> CJ and I are playing over $5 a gallon gasoline because we're doing our part, Matthew, to fight against Vladolf pootler is that is that correct cj that is correct okay good just
1: like our grandparents took those sacrifices to yes, yeah, yeah. so so must we do our patriotic we. duty of of starving a little bit skipping a couple of meals freezing like a little bit more
0: Like the mentally damaged uh, uh uh max boot would say this is our fight it's our
1: war not just the ukrainians yeah yeah <laughs> So here he ends it, he says here, but the British, so the British depend upon their auxiliaries. There are auxiliaries in every country, the prostitutes who are owned by the British, who suck up to the British, who would think that the greatest thing in the world would be to stand within six meters of the queen. Now, these are the auxiliaries. They, these are the Persian host. Come a financial crack, all of these idiots start jumping out of the windows and doing other wild things. They are routed, self-routed by the breakdown of their dream their delusion. So at that point, the inner core, while it's still tough and dangerous, its auxiliaries aren't functioning so well. That is the time that you defeat them. Right.
0: Very well said. And we've seen what happened with their auxiliaries back in 2008 when the financial collapse. These idiots were flying out of windows, man.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what we saw in in, uh, 1929 as well, right? It wasn't the average farmer who was jumping out of their barn window or committing suicide, the, the primary burst of suicides were those people who had been high-level bankers and financiers in J.P. Morgan, Chase Manhattan, and other banks that saw they were instruments for their own nation's self-destruction, and they didn't even know it. They were used as pawns to deregulate the banking system. They got a lot of money during the age of 1901, death of McKinley, all the way to 1929 when the, when the system was blown out under a a controlled demolition, all of that bubble that was grown over 30 years of takeover by the financiers of the United States government was made possible by these useful auxiliary idiots trained at Harvard, at Oxford, and other things. And when the world turned inside out, when the consequence of their own delusion and folly blew up in their face, they were the ones who jumped out the windows it, right. So it's sort of like that today, where I think you could see a lot of the technocratic managers who are positioned into uh levels of authority around the transatlantic. They're everywhere. Idiots, useful idiots everywhere. Justin Trudeau's Biden's. I mean, Kamala Harris, my God, right? Like these are the these are the talents that they picked as their, <laughs> they picked as their auxiliary. Exactly. <laughs> You're know, actually, as a funny side note, they just had to reduce the price of a, of a, of a picture with, with Kamala Harris from $15,000 uh, to $5,000 today.
0: No way. Really? Yeah. Soon yeah. It's going to be $5 and no one's there'll still be no takers.
1: Yeah. She'll be <laughs> pay, trying to pay other people so that she, she can act like people like her. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so this is the, the thing, right? You, you've got now a system where the, the, The structure as a whole is breaking down under its own contradictions. And now is the time where there is going to be the type of action and and change that would not have been possible under times of greater coherence or stability. Um, So while there is a lot of danger, there's a lot of opportunity. And we're seeing that we have leaders in Eurasia that are taking the opportunity for this. Just quick, before going into it, um, we now have today, just to get across... With the new obsessive religion to create a green new deal, green build back better for the world, post post industrial uh, system of depopulation, which is really what this is all about, is getting us to become addicted to forms of energy which allow us to sustain fewer people, fewer um, agricultural uh, products uh, that allows us to uh, have lesser industry. That's what windmills and solar panel and biofuel technology does. So in the midst of this, which is a religion, they're obsessed, they have, They're absolutely high priority committed to this green religion. While doing that, they have to now do battle with real nation states that are not um, embracing mediocrity or self-destruction in Eurasia. To do this battle requires that they do certain things that they think they have to do, involving economic warfare, sanctions, other things. Now, it is completely destroying... For example, not only is it destroying ourselves because they they kind of want us to destroy ourselves anyway. They they kind of like the, the destruction of access to uh, hydrocarbon fuels, agriculture. That's kind of part of the objective. But the problem is that they're destroying their own um, religious institution of of green Gaia worship that they wanted to create. So now you have Russia, which has you know given us every opportunity to to collaborate with them on mutual development. And Russia has now said, "Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to cut off sixty percent of the <laughs> of the natural gas going through Nord Stream One." Our, our product, our rules. Our product, our rules. Yeah, you I love it. The rubles. That's but fair. wait a
0: minute. But but Henry Kissinger, Kissy
1: Kissy told us that if
0: we control the money, we control everything. I guess he was
2: wrong.
1: <laughs> I guess there's something more than money. Exactly. Um, and uh, and as a consequence, you have Austria, uh, Germany, all now forced to accelerate their use of coal-fired coal. plants that they had Netherlands as years. well. Netherlands joined the club today as well. The yeah, question the becomes, Matthew, where the hell they're going to get this coal from? Well, that's the other thing. I don't I I guess they're going to have to revive their British coal production firm, uh, systems that were. They're going to were have to import it from and, China, man. <laughs> ultimately, and so you got this whole thing right now. They're relying on it from somewhere else, probably exactly China. Um, you have it in the United States, you have this giant energy crisis, but people are are on the verge of rebellion. They don't care so much about what's going on in Ukraine. They can't feed their families. They're all in so many people are now like living on their credit cards to like just pay for groceries. The average German is missing one meal a day now. There you go. Right. And we've already collapsed 2 we've lost two average years of life expectancy since 19 uh, 2019. We've lost two average years. And it's that's, that's, that's unheard of. Um, in a time where, I mean, we're supposedly at, at a prospect, like Biden is telling us that we have prosperity and the biggest economic recovery in history is what yeah. we're being told. But you're being told this, well, you can't, like you said, you're not eating a meal a day that you used to eat. You're not going to, to work because you can't afford the gas. I mean, in Canada, it's what it's $2 and 20 cents a liter for gas. It's more than five. I mean, for a gallon that that's, that's something like eight or $9 a gallon um in canada you know well you have and, to do your part to fight vladov Putler, man yeah you know with friends like america matt you don't need enemies bro and then exactly and so then you have again the the contradiction so then biden is forced to beg saudi arabia or other arab states to increase production and they're they're saying well no you know or algeria please increase your your oil output and they're like no no we we just we'd rather you know, things are pretty unstable on your side. We'd rather just like focus on protecting our people from the oncoming collapse. Thank you. Um, Or on the other hand too, you have like four hydroelectric dams being destroyed right now in Northern California. I mean, all to brilliant nature. It's like, it's like a delusional ET, you know, that scene from ET where that kid goes kind of nuts and he frees all the frogs as if these frogs (laughs) are, it's kind of like that. They're like free the rivers, yeah. <laughs> you know, from the Free the, <laughs> the rivers! Garbage. Destroy the hydrogen. We don't need
0: that. Uh, how are we yeah. going to charge our Teslas? Uh, uh, Never thought of that, use- I guess. windmills. We'll use windmills. So they've unleashed- they can use they could use the crap coming out of Klaus Schwab's mouth to to
1: fuel their industry. That's what they can do. Exactly. No. I- You know, and that's the—it's a lot of hot air. I mean, and they've—they've unleashed now like a, um, a a green religious-like cult committed totally to the idea that human beings are a virus, that industry must be destroyed to save nature, and their political managers, who are also in many cases, you know, victims themselves of this ideological cult, um, don't know how to actually operate in regards to a real strategy, a real fight with opponents who are not incompetent. And so you have like Lord Richards, the former head of the, the, the British um, military who just came out saying that grand strategy is broken, that he said a uh, hopelessly broken. Um, and he's, and he said, our, our, our ability to, to think about tactics, practical tactics and grand strategy are irreparably damaged. And he's like, the British empire was the best of the best, he said, for hundreds of years at grand strategy connected to tactics. So strategy is kind of like the, the broad theory that you need to have to guide yourself to make a blueprint. But the tactics are the the applied, you know, the pure and the applied, the, the, the making it happen side of things, the ability to think, you know, in a creative way on the ground when when shit happens that you didn't plan for. Can you, you know, f- come up with a with a workable solution concept? Um, it's gone. And it's he's like, completely gone. Yeah. And this is a high level representative of the yeah. inner echelons of the oligarchy who actually is a smart guy. He's like one of what, what LaRouche was talking about with the inner, uh, immortal. mortals Yeah, right? He's, he's representative of that group. They're not stupid, but he's like, all of our auxiliaries are broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't, we can't trust any of the civil service, the deep state operatives who we've, we carefully crafted and put into power. They can't do anything. <sighs> um, and I, I take some pleasure. I think we all take a little bit of pleasure. I do I think
0: I, I think hiring all those gender study professors at Yale, Harvard, Oxford, and Cambridge has paid off wildly wonderful for the West man as when you go into any sort of intelligence agencies these days as well as the press corps, everybody there is in their 20s and 30s. They're all a bunch of young idiots who haven't suffered anything, don't know their history. They're all indoctrinated. they have no thinking uh, critical thinking skills. They can't think on their feet. And you see what happens. You have situations like Afghanistan happening. It's
1: just sheer incompetence, top to bottom, for sure. I know. Like you're you're going to tell me because a lot of people they they tend to. I mean, we've we've poked fun at this, the black pilled section of the the conspiracy theory uh, segment of the population. And We are all conspiracy theorists. That's I think a precondition for rational thinking is to accept the reality of conspiracy facts. But a big chunk of them have been. Um, poisoned by this black-pilled quality of thinking that, you know, because their power is so large today and has been influential throughout history, everything that seems to be um, out of their control is actually in their control. Everything that seems to be in opposition to the this depopulation New World Order is actually fully, uh, you know, controlled opposition, and there is no hope. Yeah, that's nonsense. And so, you yeah. know, that's funny you just
0: mentioned that. It's one of the things I warned about in, in this morning's show that, to the audience, I was telling them like you go to a lot of these 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 uh, uh, conspiracy websites or quote unquote alt media websites, and you would get this idea that the Western oligarchs are this undefeatable, immutable, omni omniscient, omnipresent force that controls everything. They control all, all opposition, they control all angles and nothing could be further from the truth when you start studying not only history but the finances the money and the and the flow of global geoeconomics then you don't understand these guys are idiots they're yeah. idiots that are leading morons And it's not going to work out well for them
1: no, it's not. I, I think it's, it's it's a it's a culture of fake, you know, like they if you look at um one of the, the top British grand strategists, who is another representative of the inner immortals, as as LaRouche would have called it, uh, Jeremy Bentham. Jeremy Bentham was one of the top guys at the time of the American Revolution controlling the entire British uh, foreign office. And um, and he produced the work called the Panopticon. You, you guys have heard of the Panopticon? Yes, I've heard of the Panopticon. Okay, not. it's a design he did for a the perfect prison, and uh, in the Panopticon designs, he's 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 a big sadomasochist, like like really to the extreme. Um, he even wrote things like in defense of pederasty, um, and w- which basically called for uh, an- an- another brilliant mind, unbounded license of of sexual gratification of all ages and all. Um, it's a fucking sick bastard who should have been thrown, thrown off a rooftop, right? Like, like of course. Yeah, pleasure is the ultimate good. That's the old. That's the that's the ultimate constant that these guys are are animated by. Is that ultimate standard for good is a uh, physical hedonism, and the ultimate standard for evil is uh, physical pain. Um, and they organize a, a whole paradigm around that. So in the Panopticon, this perfect prison design, it um is it works because everyone thinks that they're being watched all the time. And it's set up like a big um, cylindrical uh, circle with uh, observation holes from a center point, looking into every single cell um, in, in rungs. And everybody might be watched at all times. Now, the reality that Bentham gets at is that you only need to have one or two people operating the entire prison. So we could save a lot of money by only having two people and everyone, all of the prisoners, by thinking that they're being watched, will modify their own behavior and will be their own police which kind of does work. I mean, we've seen this applied um, across the board. This is at the heart of the entire surveillance state fun- system. You know, they can process and gather a lot of information. Oh, yeah. But As Bill Binney pointed out, um, and many other security, uh, cybersecurity experts, they have no ability to uh, process this um, Bingo. information.
0: Right. It, right. It, my, it, it goes back to the theory. It, it goes back to the saying that you and I would always say, we have this funny expression when it comes to Western elites. Take the hill! Okay, we took the hill. Now what? Uh, I don't know. We're going ma- to look at data. The NSA has collected like 300 pentaflops of data. And they have no way. They don't have the computing power, the resources, or the budget to go through every single one of them. It's just like me driving through the neighborhood collecting the entire trash of the entire Midwestern America and then trying to go find a diamond ring and all of that shit.
1: Yeah, It's just crazy. Well, part of the thing, too, is even if they had the computing power, there is an ontological paradox that they're incapable of looking at because they're devotees of this belief of information theory, which is at the heart of the cult of artificial intelligence. And part of that is that, I, is that the human brain, all it can do when it works well, they say, the human information processor, is by... um using computer logic of deductive or inductive, what are what's sometimes called a posteriori and a priori uh, forms of thinking. The idea that you, you, you have to assume general rules and then use those general rules to try to map out patterns of that are empirically derived from nature, or you find inversely um, patterns in, in nature with your senses that you then can ex- extrapolate and say, this is a general rule. Now, that's what computers do. That's, that's the, you know, that's basic, that, that, that adheres to basic Aristotelian syllogisms, right? That, that you start with everything has to follow the idea that, you know, a rule is set, like all birds fly. If something is flying, thus it must be a bird, right? So you have your general, all birds fly. Um, then the specific, that thing is flying. And then the conclusion, oh, that's the flying thing must be a bird. And you're like, if you hold to that, the computer will then identify if, if that's a computer, that program will then cause the computer to then judge that a plane must be a bird, right? Um, it, because a bird is flying and that's uh, only birds fly. Um, or like, you know, all everything with four legs uh, is something that you sit on and is a chair. And so that's a rule you, you can say. And then as soon as you actually see a horse, you're like, oh, look, a chair, right? Um, so w- why can't they process this data, the, the these Penta, whatever, you know, like all of this data that they do, they can't identify paradoxes. Computers cannot see. Identify, hey, see Joe, could
0: you mute, man? You got, uh, you got a lot of... Ahead, oh,
1: okay. Um, yeah, so computers can't identify an irony in data. It can't identify a paradox in data. A paradox in... Like, where's an irony? Is it there? Like, what, what's an irony? No. An irony is the effect of the mind the 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 mind um, thinking or perceiving or believing something having a mapping which doesn't conform to the way the re- reality actually is and when the mapping strikes reality it breaks there's cracks and in those cracks is where the fun that's the that's the, what makes jokes work that's why jokes are funny the punchline is where you get somebody's mind to think a certain way right. And then you turn it inside out with a punchline. You you get them to realize that the that what they've been thinking this whole time is actually the opposite of the reality. And that's what makes it kind of funny. That's the basis of a paradox, too, right? If something was the way it should be, I I've been led to believe that all human beings are talking monkeys. We're physically the same as monkeys. I've been persuaded that we are just monkeys, DNA-wise. I am right? a gorilla. And you well, you make it tough to refute this, unfortunately, V. That's uh, that's Thank this is true for uh, destroying my paradox <laughs> and you think damn it uh, anyway let's let's presume that you're a human behind the the gorilla mask um but then you'd say well but a- apes and monkeys have a limit to how many of their species can exist on the earth to the point that today there's no more than like you know a few million of their species Just like there was a million years ago, we don't find that their population levels can increase beyond a certain upper threshold, whereas human beings seem to have, we have 8 billion of us. So either either we're thus not a monkey and actually more of a virus destroying a host, maybe that's our, our fate and we are useless eaters in our essence that deserves to be rendered extinct by Yuval Harari's prophecies, you know, of, of human beings being superseded by thinking living machines that are, that are Silicon based or, or Yuval Harari is wrong. And the human Darwin, you know, the Darwinian talk, like talking apes that were, that were descended from apes are wrong as well. Both sides might be wrong. And in fact, maybe just maybe there's another characteristic of a soul and being made in the image of god a divine creator right that created a creative universe and out of which we arose as a reflection of the force of creation maybe there's that that both of these apparent extremes right the materialists the darwinian materialists and the the vitalist transhumanist you know elon vital lovers who have their own satanic religion thinking that we're just constantly being pulled by this mysterious demonic force towards a bifurcation point at which point you know We'll have like a mass cataclysm, and out of which will come a new emergent system of of uh, what do they say? Right, a, a new emergent system of order will arise out of the chaos. The Trotskyites believe that the the transhumanists all believe that the the neo-Darwinians that were uh, that sprung out of the bowels of of Julian Huxley and Pierre Teilhard de Chardin's sick fantasies all believe that. So it's all convergent. The neocons that that were former uh, Trotskyites. Have their own variation that we are obliged to burn the earth under to, to create prophets or fulfill prophecy so that the messiah can come right and the the the, the crazy ass jabotinsky var- varieties of uh political zionists also have their extremist view that it's our our duty to burn the earth so that the messiah can come the first time but in all cases you have the same ultimate idea that the earth must be destroyed under under the form of a mass you know d- shock therapy a mass uh, purgative violence so that we can be purged of the former traditions of the belief in God, conventional uh, cultures and religions and family uh, values that can, that that's holding us back from this new age, this new awakening um, that, that the vitalists who again are ultimately, uh, you know, neo-Darwinians like again, Klaus Schwab and, and Elon Musk and other transhumanists they're, they're all of that view. So it's a fake debate between the, Dar- the old school Darwinians like uh, Dawkins and the uh, the new school higher level, you know, uh, priests like Harari. The reality is no. I think Benjamin Franklin, uh, uh, Lincoln, uh, uh, FDR, like read their read the writings of great statesmen who actually move society in an upward direction and allow us to have greater potential that translates and uses technology as a servant to human needs um, instead of it, technology being used by the, the master class of Uber mentioned to enslave the, uh, the cattle, You you find a very different philosophy that human beings actually are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that have to be blossomed in order for that society to replenish and renew itself, which is why Ben Franklin said you know, when, when he was asked, what did you create? It was a republic, as he says, as, an, as his answer, if you can keep it. So it's conditional upon each generation renewing its proper and both renewing, but also improving upon what was created as far as a society organized by the consent of the governed. It has to have a cultural system that gets better and not mediocre. If you allow your culture to produce mediocrity for too long, then you essentially get people dumb enough to give up their liberties in favor of security, at which point they lose the right to have access to either liberty or security, which is another Ben Franklin uh, foresight. That's a proper, that's true, that will always be true. So to get back to the question of information processing, the cult of artificial intelligence is a cult. Computers will never be able to access that power of insight, wisdom, paradox formation, that the proper poet, taps into when they're being fruitful, right? And when you're analyzing when judging the value of data, data is just quantitative. Value is qualitative. Um, only a mind can do that. And the oligarchy wants to intimidate us into thinking we're always being watched, self-censor. And just as a side note, Hitler, I mean, as a quick example of this, in, uh, when, when a lot of the, the allied doctors were going through the Mengele data sets, you know, when Mengele was doing human experimentation, out of the wazoo on twins and, and POWs and other things. Um, they found that in the course of this data, there were the cures, the, the, the data pointed the way for cures for several major diseases. And I don't remember the, the details because it's just coming to me right now. It's an old memory. Yeah. Um, the, the Nazi doctors had this right in front of their faces and they didn't see it because it wasn't part of, they were looking for better ways to sterilize and kill people, not cure diseases. So the data was the same data, but when you had people going in who had access to their conscience, looking at the data, they found something different. They had different, they valued something different that, you know, resonated with them. And that was useful for humanity. Whereas those Nazi doctors who were using the same data couldn't see what was right in front of their face. So, you know, it's an interesting irony too, right? As an irony.
0: Anyway, it's amazing to me that this Nazi culture is still alive and well, this nihilism, this self-hatred, this, it's this insanity. It's, we must destroy the world. And like you said it before, you said it so perfectly, man, whether it's uh, Zionism, whether it's you know, Christian fundamentalism, uh, the fundamentalist Islam, everybody has this prophecy, this whole entire thing of this. We must destroy the world in order to bring forth the Messiah, the, the Savior, the, and it's insanity. It's
1: pure insanity.
0: It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah.
1: No yeah it's it's really a form of purgative violence it's a ritualistic um masonic um view i mean i, I don't say i shouldn't say masonic because there's good and bad masons but, uh, throughout history but this is something which was permeating some of the worst martinist uh, french freemasonic cells that w- were run by people like uh, count joseph de Maistre, who was a major handler and controller of of even the you know, Napoleon and the uh, the deep state operations in uh, in France that especially took even more power after Napoleon was even defeated, um, after, you know, Europe was burned for 20 years uh, to disrupt the flow of American revolutionary processes that had been put into motion by Ben Franklin and his allies in uh, the French Revolution or leading up to it. That was all derailed. Yeah. You know, the, Europe was turned upside down for 20 straight years of chaos. Mm-hmm. And coming out of that, uh, Joseph de Maistre's uh, satanic networks, his daughter, uh, Count de, uh, Countess uh, Madame de Stel, ran um, a big chunk of these like modern hellfire club or 19th century hellfire club operations throughout Europe that were a part of the Congress of Vienna, which, you know, people like Henry Kissinger, you know, Bohemian Grove, uh, Petto Kissinger himself has said is the most important um, point in in recent modern history was that it is the most 15, important 100%. point
0: in modern human history we will yeah. have a new world order either by consent or conquest
1: yeah that guy that guy <laughs> so it's like this is all of these guys were obsessed with they were, they were like they were sadists but it was more than just taking pleasure out of uh the pain of others it was incorporated into their religious worldview that that was part of the cleansing process to heal us of the delusion of the belief in God, the belief in soul, the belief in goodness. And part of that was they create a whole ritualistic, um, I, uh, ideology around the practice of purgative violence to purge people of these poisons of morality so that you could then reconstruct, deconstruct and then reconstruct individuals and target uh, societies in the image of, their creator being not god but being the oligarchical forces that wanted to remake us in their image and ultimately you know i think when you when you look in when you look at people like Yuval Harari and and who does see himself i think as sort of like a modern uh transhuman moses character calling forth openly for a new religion a new set of stories to be created for humanity he is um he's somebody who sees himself and as one of the um the new gods of the pantheon that's going to be created as far as a new pagan secularism, um, which is what people like Aldous Huxley and Timothy Leary were, were openly calling for. Timothy Leary writes about this when he describes in his autobiography, written in 1989, how Aldous Huxley taught him that the age of monotheism must come to an end if we're going to embark upon our next phase of evolution into the new age, which involves a return to a healthy, uh, secular paganism with the help of a lot of psychedelics and other forms of, you know, drugs so that we learn to, as Huxley says, um, embrace the concentration camp of our mind that we will be given spiritual psycho-spiritual shackles, but we will rather love them. So we'll have this concentration camp without tears. And, um, and this is what, you know, just this, at this recent Davos experience this year, they brought in a bunch of, um, Psychedelic researchers and CEOs from startups that are trying To normalize the use of uh, Hallucinogenics and other things
0: Yes, I've taken ashwagandha Me and CJ have taken it. we went on the trip together And we saw a a mystical Serpent monkey who told us The secrets of the universe No, that's not what happened, you just had a hallucination From taking a psychedelic drug, you're hallucinating And this is what's happening People are literally Hallucinate And they think they're actually seeing something and it's real. Yeah. This is where we are. And you combine that with meta
1: and the, and the, and and the, what's that called again? The metaverse, right? Yeah. Combine it with metaverse and Project Bluebeam as well, right? Throw a few holograms out there into the the night sky and watch people just go nuts when there's an economic crisis. Exactly. This is, we need to have
0: these psychedelics in the water supply. Forget fluoride. Fluoride is so yesteryear. Let's go with these psychedelics in our water supply. Maybe yep. in our food supply as well. Why not? Insanity. Why not? At this point, and this I mean, is why. This is why. Like Russia is fighting to become the organic food capital of the planet. They don't mm-hmm. want this GMO stuff. You, you're seeing it happen. A, a push all throughout the East. It's like the East is rising up for humanity, and the West is this crazy nut job, alien infested, cra- psychopathic, satanic paradise or, or, or dystopia. Excuse me. I, 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 like what point do we get the hell out of here <laughs> you
2: know, it's like dude well oh my I mean, god we,
1: we are really at it, it is useful to look at um parallel moments of systemic breakdown yeah where um because we are one of these special moments and there aren't that many of these pregnant moments in history there are some that are, again you really it's worth taking the time and i did the series of lectures on uh, saint augustine and saint augustine's battle against the uh uh the the collapsing pagan system. Of, uh, of rome and uh and he was living at the end the the end days of the roman empire and and it was breaking down right all the auxiliary um managers of the empire were all incompetent and incapable of just maintaining the continuity of the very system itself that the oligarchy the older families that went back to babylon like larouche was was saying in that piece this goes back to babylon as a direct continuity they were incapable of of maintaining their own system of, of stability and control because the oligarchy also requires a form of stability, which is why they romanticize the idea of end of history, an age of, you know, perfect, no change, right. Or as Yuval Harari says, um, the age where the, the, the useless eaters he assumes will, will be so, um, rendered impotent because machines automation will take the, the role of human mental and physical labor, mental and physical, um, that, people as he says and I I, I just finished writing an essay on, on Harari so it's like all fresh in my mind. I've been listening to this twisted jackass speaking now for hours and hours on the end yesterday so it's but he actually literally says that we're at the the end of the age of revolution forever because revolution, political change, uh, power power accessed by the people, the masses was something that was only made possible by the fact that we had labor that we could give or withhold from those with power. And the fact that we could do that, he says, is the cause of any influence we had politically as the masses. And now that that age is coming to an end with the so-called fourth industrial revolution, he says, where, you know, he doesn't say we should openly kill people, but he says, you know, um, these useless eaters, the only solution for them, and he never includes himself in this weird species of humanity, um, is drugs and video games, metaverse and drugs, Is he says it openly, um, because they they will never have power again. And obviously what he's not saying is, you know, these things will be there to um, distract them while uh, the world around them is annihilated and they are given then their their suicide pill or whatever else. Right. Um, So what these guys, he also says. The the world, the universe has had no design, no purpose from 13.7 billion years ago, which is somehow uh, a godlike. Uh, piece of knowledge that him and other assholes like him, uh, say is when the universe was created. And they can even say that they they've calculated the moment that, uh, photons differentiated from the early primordial primordial soup, right. Um, to the picosecond before which there was nothing, right. And then we had a big bang, uh, according to their mathematical models that are all derived from some stupid, Stupid, naive interpretation of redshift being the Doppler effect, which is not what it is at all. By the way, there's a lot of evidence that the the the, the redshift caused by galaxies are is not the effect of the galaxies moving away from us. Says Hal, read Halton Arp. I mean, the Thunderbolts um, scientists who have all organized themselves in you know the Electric Universe groupings. They're, it, it's been proven irrefutably that the the redshift is not galaxies moving away from us and moving away from some point of a big bang when everything was was condensed in a singularity not true but people like harari need that gospel as part of a modern secular article of faith of the uh you know this creed um to be maintained and he says that randomness is all that there has ever been from then 13.7 billion years ago to this very moment of the opening of the 20th century until this moment he says that he's talking now where finally intelligent design for the first time actually is arising for no but out of chaos out of randomness comes order he says without any connection to human free will or thought it's just like a force unto itself kind of like a demonic type of way of thinking about an alami vital pulling you um to this bifurcation point right at, at which the intelligent designers are not god he says but the CEOs of Google, of Facebook, of Davos, we are now the intelligent designers, kind of Dr. Evil-like, um, out of this Darwinian randomness mutation soup of, of you know, life coming from non-life and, and things like existence coming from no existence, which is part of the, and th- this goes back to what I was saying. This is absurd. Th- this is an ontological absurdity. It is a paradox that something can come from nothing. That is absurd you can't have life from something which is devoid of life unless you are a mystic um cosmologist like Yuval Harari who says you know yeah we had electricity that maybe you know hit some chemicals on the earth at the right moment and then like life it chemicals went went from being dead chemicals to being living chemicals and it's like it
0: makes sense man it's like you know like you know, like the primordial soup of planet Earth, and like this lightning just came out of, like
1: totally nowhere, and just like boom,
0: dude, there was like life. You know, like why is that yeah, so hard really to believe?
1: It's it's super stoner and, da- and brain dead. It's, dude, it really
0: is it at all. I think um, I think Dr. Michael Behe and Darwin's Black Box hit it out of the ballpark with this analogy. He said, you know, there are very there are nine essential a- amino acids that need to be arrayed perfectly in order, in order to create a single-cell organism, in order to create life itself, right? Yeah. If you take a grain of sand, we all know how big a grain of sand is, right? It is t- absolutely tiny. And you take a grain of sand, you color it red, and you're in an airplane, and you, you know, every, you know, every 100 miles, you take a, a, a red-colored grain of sand, and you throw it out the window into the Sahara Desert, the largest desert in the world. And then you take nine grains of sand, you throw it out the window into the Sahara Desert, and then you drop somebody off, blindfold them, and then go tell them to go find those nine grains of sand. You have a better chance of that happening than life ordering itself out of nothing. It's yeah. a mathematical impossibility.
1: Yeah, exactly. And this is it's it's like I, the example that I really liked was you know imagine you you went to the grocery store and you bought all of the. Uh, the ingredients for a for a cake and while you're what you brought the eggs the flour the the icing powder whatever else you know you bought all of the ingredients in their own and then you trip down the stairs when you walk into your house and by the time you get to the bottom of the stairs all of the ingredients have like mixed together and you have a cake um it's like statistically one could make this stupid like you know they'll say oh but quantum mechanics says that anything is possible right if 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 in in some imaginary world, everything has happened, and that's why you you know you have this whole promotion a political promotion of this belief in multiverses that they're saying. Well, according to modern quantum mechanics, which came out of the the Niels Bohr Heisenberg Copenhagen interpretation of the atom, that was a political fight in the nineteen twenties over what path would be approached to interpret the behavior within the quantum realm. Would it be the, mathem- the mathematical probability theorists who were saying that there is no causality, that the mind is incapable intrinsically of knowing principles? That was Niels Bohr and his students like Heisenberg. Or would it be those who actually made the discoveries that opened up the door to quantum mechanics to begin with, like Max Planck, Madame Curie, um, Einstein, who were in total opposition to this new cult that was arising with patronage by the Rockefeller Foundation, a lot of the banking centers of Europe were all cognizant that they wanted the mathematical interpreters who didn't believe in causality. They believed in ultimate randomness to be the dominant um, winners of that debate that emerged out of the 1928 Solvay conference. And that became then because we were told, oh, you know, Madame Curie and, and and Einstein and Max Planck, who said God doesn't play dice with the universe. They were of the old school traditions, the old obsolete wisdom. And we don't trust anybody over 30. So, you know, they couldn't let go of their religious like belief in harmony and order and morality. And thus the new age of young people who never discovered shit all. They made models, descriptive models of what they thought the atom was, which were actually wrong in all cases. Um, that's all they are known. That's all that they did. And then they expected the universe to conform to their mathematical probability statistics, which say that, yeah, OK, um, there's no truth because I can't say definitively that I can't, you know, turn into a purple hippopotamus in the next five seconds. Maybe atomic my uh, behavior will just cause it to happen, you know. And so there's no such thing as gender anymore. There's no such thing as truth anymore. Everything is just relative to how you feel and in that world you know yeah if, if i can get my peer, review, peer reviewed paper published that uh, demonstrates that you know my my particular model posits of the universe and big bang what cuz co- cause what caused the big bang right did everything just spontaneously just arise like a big ejaculation from uh, 13.7 billion years ago like god just like <laughs> you know spermiated everything or what was before that moment was it a giant a big a big infinite void of nothing what about what's outside of the universe right there's mm. if, if it all arose in space and time, then that assumes that there is this contour that the that's universe outside, is like a balloon that's outside. Exactly. Are we just is it just an infinite void of nothing that's holding something? What mm. about you? Right. All of these these things then are just open for uh, modern scholastics to get millions and billions of dollars of grants, set up experiments with particle accelerators at CERN that are trying to like open up a fucking gate to hell. Um, to try to like justify why there's like 11 dimensions in my model versus 32 dimensions in your model and 89 dimensions in your model and all models are are logically consistent with their own assumptions and so we have to treat them all as if they're equally interesting and not verifiable correct uh, there's no truth right right multiverses because there is obviously just the singularity that's i think the dominant one today that explains the big bang is they say that You had, I think, 11 dimensions and that you had like this, these particles moving through each dimension and they just kind of hammered themselves together and smashed together in our particular dimension at at which er, like released all energy that now exists was all condensed into this like singularity point. And out of it, this splattering, there's been this like increasing distribution of, uh, of space between atoms that were all condensed together in this like infinite, infinite, nothing of volume um and now what is the destiny of this of this trajectory that that has no mind no design no intention no purpose it's just like ultimately random run by mechanistic forces of of attraction and repulsion is now this tendency towards heat death that it's that that things are interesting at the beginning like low entropy right high degree things are hitting each other kind of like when you when you when you heat up like a spray a spray can at first, at the more you heat it up, the atoms inside the spray can are hitting each other and things are getting more and more interesting. It blows up. And then, let's say, depending on the size of the room, it might, at the first for the first few seconds, be low entropy, right? And then as things, as, the, as everything cools down, the heat function decreases, the, the, the particles hit each other less and less, things then settle into a, a, what's called a heat death of the system. It's a closed system because the room is fixed those walls yeah. to get any bigger and that's the universe and that's what we're made in the image of as a brain which is they say is just an information a closed system information processor <clears throat> or a bio system or a human economy it's all closed systems with energy diminishing over time as the rate of returns decreases for the, the whole and thus must be always regulated by a hegemon a unipolar hegemon that manages the system like a god and that's the god that they see themselves in the image of, and that, that's the same satanic god that they're projecting onto the actual God that you know, so they're projecting a, a non-existent satanic god from their own unresolved evil shit inside themselves onto the thing that they then say is running the world, because they're like, if I'm evil and the universe caused me, then the universe must be also run by evil. And so they're pretty pretty much sick Freudianly, this this fake idea of a fake God that doesn't exist onto a world that they then worship and they start building ritualistic stories around and how to worship this thing better.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what, that's exactly what it is. And then people read these ritualistic stories and these white papers, and they believe that this is what the, this is what the real power is and that the the elites have some sort of hidden knowledge that's secret and bereft of any one of us from even acquiring it. And, and, and therefore they have supreme control and, and, and there's nothing we can do to stop them. And nothing could be further from the truth. No, not at all.
1: Not at all. And in many ways, you know, you have to just, in a certain sense, wisdom is both action and non-action, but intelligent non-action. So sometimes like saying the right thing is good, but sometimes knowing when to not speak is also good. Right? Yeah. When to with because sometimes speaking will sometimes undermine a good when you're speaking to somebody who doesn't have the mind to understand what you're gonna say. If they right and you Everyone has encountered trying to say literal truths to people who are normies, who are incapable of um, sustaining inside of their own minds and hearts the, the weight of the ideas that you are expecting them to carry. They haven't, they haven't taken the time to develop their own internal infrastructure, their psycho-spiritual infrastructure. So sometimes it's actually counter counterintuitive to learn to simply do like a Ben Franklin and you know smile when a fallacy arises. And let it go. But know that the fallacy has no claim to real existence. A fallacy is based upon a perception of a fake reality that doesn't actually exist. It has no claim to existence. And it it will thus have no power unless you respond to it in many cases. Sometimes you do have to slap down a fallacy, right? There's, t- And this is the wisdom, is knowing when to and when to not. Um, now, the oligarchy, you have to have faith that because they're premised themselves upon a, a false... Uh, perception that they've drunk they've gotten themselves drunk off of their own perception of what they want reality to be and not what reality itself actually is there they will always self implode as they did in rome and as they are doing today under their own self-contradictions that's something that they will do and we have to be ready at any point whatever our situation is to have put the work into ourselves so that we are able to intervene and provide some sense of wisdom when there is a hunger for, well, what are, you know, okay, there's fire. I didn't believe was true. Now all of a sudden I'm starting to believe it because it's hurting like, Oh shit. You know, my building has been on fire. People then will hunger for water that they didn't hunger for. They thought they didn't, they didn't believe in water. Right. So that's the wisdom. And I think, you know, right now we're lucky that there are statesmen like Vladimir Putin, like Xi Jinping, like many others, especially within Eurasia.
0: It's um, Vladolf
1: putler lot <laughs> <Putler>. of <laughs> you you know you, you got people judging by the enemies that, that that I've made, right? That said Franklin Roosevelt, and that's I think Putin should be proud that you have his enemies going crazy ballistic and making these these comparisons to rebrand Absolutely. him as the new Hitler, um, because the, I mean the reality is the irony is that the 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 for, forces that brought us Nazism actually were never punished, but they didn't you know they're not expressing themselves in Eurasia. They're the ones that took control over. The west the world over the yeah. dead bodies of people like John F Kennedy and his brother and and Martin Luther King and many other good people in the west who tried to bring us back to our proper roots um so this is what we have to revive in ourselves and we have to know again that the system is is based on mediocrity delusion and it will the auxiliaries are are cannibalizing themselves they don't know what to do they're not competent they've created a, a culture of incompetence to the point that as we said at the beginning we're even encouraging um, things that are going to kill our own children. No animal species does that. Um, So versus a society which is now arising itself or arising around a different ancient civilizations that have all said together that we want to not commit suicide together, but more so we want to actually create a foundation upon which a new system can arise that has durability and the seeds of its own renewal premised within it of the incorporation of technological progress not to enslave like when when Putin talks about new world order or fourth industrial revolution because he says those words idiot nominalists who who think like computers or will think like oh computer you know my computer programming goes off new world order as words and fourth industrial revolution as words equals evil thus Putin equals evil right that's the Aristotelian syllogism that's actually not it when you look at the context of, and look at the actions, thought and action of how he composes and shapes the meaning of these words. They are of diametrically different paradigm than those who use the same words like Henry Kissinger in the West, who see the use of the fourth industrial technologies, automation to enslave and destroy us and manage the, the useless eaters. Whereas like Putin, Xi Jinping are obviously seeing it through their actions. And when they talk about it um, as something which liberates human beings from the, the burdens of repetitive muscle muscle labor to become a society which has more access to the powers of mentation of mind labor, which is transcendental. It's always going to have higher value. And you can do more mind labor when you have a proper culture and education system, but also economic goals that are tied to 10, 20, 50 year projects in longer, which is why China and Russia's approach to a space program is so different and so much more refreshing and so much more in alignment with how JFK's approach was right. back in the 60s. So that's that's really it. I mean, we got these open versus closed systems, Malthusian, anti-Malthusian uh, ways of thinking that are currently clashing. One is based on mediocrity and lies. The other one is actually based on something in conformity with discover- discoverable natural law. And uh, we got a limited time to uh, to decide which side we want to play a role in because no one's going to be really just a spectator in this. You think you are, but not really.
0: Yeah. Very well said. Matthew, Eric, thank you so much for joining us, folks. It is Matthew Eric. You can go find him over at CanadianPatriot.org, CanadianPatriot.org, as well as the RisingTideFoundation.net. And make sure you get his books, folks. Make sure you get his books it is mind-blasting, and uh, make sure you sign up for his Telegram group. I mean, him and his wife Cynthia are running amazing symposiums on Telegram, and on uh, also not Telegram on on uh, Zo- you know Zoom. It's very worthwhile for you to be sitting in one of those Sunday classes that they uh, that they do. Uh, any last words, Matthew? No, I'm good. And with so that being said, those kind,
1: those kind uh, ending remarks too. Yeah, people should buy. The- I, w- I would really like it if people could uh, study the books. The the Especially the Clash of the Two Americas trilogy. Um, a yeah. lot of work is in that, and uh, I think that you'll you'll make a lot of a lot of fun discoveries and eureka's along the way. I know I we did when we were doing the research, and uh, we tried to make it as transparent so that other people could participate in those discoveries as, as efficiently as possible, and and you know use what you know with by working through that material to then uh, you know become an instrument a more powerful instrument for the good. Very well said. And with that being said, folks,
0: we are over and out. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Same bat time, same bat channel. CJ, take it away. CJ, fellas.